in terms of Mark himself, our exchanges have actually all been with email on email. Yeah, yeah, Not, yeah. Never actually spoken to Mark before. What? Yeah. I love that. I uh, hate and love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> Man, welcome to the intro. No need for introductions. All about the world and the world what we discussing. Where every single thought that we had came for something. So it's funny that we made it when we started here with nothing. Gotta open up your mind just to find out why. When you lost inside the dark, it's gotta turn on the light. And no matter what you do, you never run from a fight. Because we fighting to be better and that's why we strive. Hi, I'm Corey McCain, CEO of We Strive the number one platform for personal trainers, gym owners, and coaches to both manage and scale their business. I'm your host for Why We Strive, where every Tuesday I sit down with some of the most incredible tech founders, investors, and creatives to find out how, when, where, and why they strive. Be sure you tune in every single Tuesday and check us out at whywestrive.com for more info. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Here with Rohan, a uh, good friend and uh, co-founder of Cerebro Sports. Uh, if you want to, go ahead and introduce, your, introduce yourself. Uh, happy to be here, Corey. My name is Rohan Dang, one of the co-founders at Cerebro Sports. Um, what we're doing at Cerebro is basically bringing data into kind of the scouting game and evaluation game. Uh, at all levels of all sports is what we want to do, but we are starting with basketball right now. Okay. Well, then you just took away two of my questions, so that's going to be... Okay. We're going to do like a five-minute episode now. All right. Um, very cool, though, man. Um, so... At what point did you get involved in Cerebro? Are you the original founder or? Yeah, I am. So actually Cerebro kind of started as a slightly different project. When I was finishing up college, I connected with our CEO right now and one of my, my co-founders, uh, mm-hmm. Ryan. Well, okay. he was doing one of his initial projects called ePlay. And what he was trying to do really at ePlay was collect stats and collect data on these players and actually like create a company that will go to these events and help stat stat the games at the lowest level of basketball. Oh my god, I just literally I just my buddy runs Varsity Hype and they do that for Yeah. Football. Do you know do you know George? Don't know George, but I've heard of Varsity Hype. Okay, I should connect yeah. you guys. That's that's what they do for football. So. Okay, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So so that was the thing that he saw was like there are a lot of these companies who are trying to be the stat collectors themselves, mm-hmm. and um, it it was a pretty difficult process just to try and you know secure contracts and get out oh, to for sure. and things like that. And there's also a lot of existing like big market players in that space as well. On the basketball side, there's companies like Legit Stats, for example, who already have these youth contracts locked up. Mm-hmm. So. As the pandemic hit, that was actually something else that really kind of helped push us towards the the Cerebro mission um, and kind of away from what we were doing at ePlay because obviously when the pandemic hits, all the events had stopped and that, that really took away a lot of viability from that earlier project. Mm-hmm. But what we then decided was a much bigger opportunity and kind of how we could tie the entire space together. Um, is by collecting a lot of this data that already is out there. So there are these, you know, events that are happening that have stats on them, and mm-hmm. whether it's you know through partnership, through its uh, acquisition, or just um, you know some of this is publicly available. We discovered that the most one of the most valuable things we could bring to the space is not necessarily collecting stats at a specific event, but it's creating these career profiles where you can mm-hmm. see a player like LeBron, for example, and what he's done at a high school level. What he, obviously he didn't go to college, but when a player who does go to college, you could see how are they tracking from their youth to their college, their professional. Mm -hmm. And then especially with basketball becoming such a global game right now, Mm -hmm. as a lot of sports are, but basketball, I think especially we've seen it happen. Players are coming from overseas, playing here in college. Players here in college are going to play in overseas leagues. So there's just this huge world that really kind of needed some tidying up in terms of figuring out, you know, all the different prospects that were out there. 
Very cool. That's good to know that you're the founder. I, I I thought you were the founder, and then I read LinkedIn, and I was like, maybe he like came in late. I don't understand. So you are the original founder. Yeah, for Cerebro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Uh, ePlay, I joined in not as a founder. ePlay had started uh, a few years before mm-hmm. um, I had entered that, and then I was doing a very specific kind of role for them at that company. Very um, cool. Yeah. I mean, I was going to interview either way, but then I was like, oh, is this guy like the fifth employee? I don't understand what else. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, so good to yeah, No, no. Yeah, either way, it didn't matter, but I was, I was curious. Um, so who's your guys' target market? Are you trying to work with the athletes trying to work with the teams the leagues like who are you working with yeah so i think at the end of the day we want to work with everyone uh, mm-hmm. but the athletes are the most exciting part of this mission for us okay. uh, it's really uh one of the reasons we're here is because we wanted to level out the playing field for all of these athletes who are going on their recruiting journey mm-hmm. um and that was one of the things that's really been the most eye-opening for me throughout you know these three years that i've been like really deep in the basketball industry now is mm-hmm. like frankly just how bad and like little the resources are for a player who wants to get recruited even at the division two level like we're Mm -hmm. not even talking about a guy who wants to go to the nba maybe but there's a huge market out there for players who are wanting to play in you know junior college division one division two like basketball is a very very large sport Mm -hmm. and the lack of objective resources that these athletes have to make their case to try and position themselves in front of these recruiters is Mm -hmm. something that we notice is just it, it it doesn't exist right now there really are no truly objective resources that an athlete can put in put on the table to a coach and say hey like seriously give me a chance right now what what athletes really lean on is uh word of mouth through professional scouts who are Mm. you know that's their job they go to events and they scout these players and you know create reports Mm -hmm. uh they can cold reach out to to coaches um oftentimes including a mixtape but uh one of the one of the favorite quotes we have is uh from a scout who says i've never seen a missed shot on a mixtape you know (laughs) it's like yeah I I, yeah. I I can look like a Division three basketball player if we want to create a mixtape <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for, for me right now. So just kind of this objectivity has – lack of objectivity has created a really difficult situation for, for athletes. And then on the other side, we have these coaches who have so many different players that they need to look, and so many people are popping on their radar. Mm-hmm. And again, as the game gets a little bit more global, now there's more markets to explore and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so just really trying to bring some level of – data to to this space on both sides um mm-hmm. the athletes are, are what we feel drive the mission but obviously on the other side the teams and the recruiters are the ones who also yeah play a big role in this so who are you guys currently working with do you just have like you know x number of players are you guys pre-launch like are you like we already signed the nba like who are you guys currently active with yeah so right now we're actually very active on the team and recruiter side okay uh, i would consider us relatively pre-launch for working with the athletes themselves we gotcha. started to talk to a few um our, our end goal is working with like high school athletes who are trying to get recruited obviously mm. we have spoken with a few nba players and things like that by now but yeah. that's not someone who is our you know target audience for that product mm-hmm. um but yeah so right now we are working with the teams and recruiters themselves uh primarily actually at the collegiate level in division one is where we found our biggest market cool um and that's kind of because of how we started this journey uh when we created our mvp a little under two years ago at this point we actually created a transfer portal tool um so there was mm-hmm. a few rules that changed two years ago when when COVID hit um that allowed basically athletes to have more eligibility and kind of freer transfer policies so there was a huge influx of players into the transfer portal Mm -hmm. and it kind of changed how college basketball was recruiting because now coaches had this advantage of i could see players who have played at least one or two seasons at a collegiate level yeah who are in the portal and i can then pick them up from my program as opposed to maybe looking at this high school player who I have not seen him play at college at all. Gotcha, okay. So when this transfer portal change kind of happened, we saw our big opportunity. We created our first product, which was really this transfer portal analyzer. Mm -hmm. We took all the players who were in the portal, 
we hooked them up to our data, our metrics, and we created this kind of um, tool that, that coaches could use to really search and find fits for their program specifically. Very cool. But, uh, but very, very cool. So I guess one big question, how do you guys make money? Or is it, is it yeah. like the Instagram will eventually make money? Was that Instagram? What was the... Oh, there's a lot of companies. Doesn't yeah, matter. yeah. No, no. So, yeah. so we have a software we sell. Uh, okay. we, we have a platform we sell to to recruiters and and scouts. Um, okay. This basically contains our entire like global basketball library, um, and we actually have a like we, we, we do a freemium version because mm. we do have a free trial or not a free trial a free account because we wanted to show kind of people across you know the space um, just how much data we have on these players. So mm. if you actually saw it, sign up for a free Cerebro account, you can search for any player in cool. the world and you can see all of the data we have on them. Very cool. So for ex- yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, you go, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, I was just gonna say, for example, uh, Jason Tatum, mm. pop in his name, you could see all of his NBA seasons, his playoffs, but then you could also see what he's done at college. You could see what he did. He was obviously a pretty um, talented youth athlete. He was mm. going up through the circuits there. So he was playing at some Nike circuits, playing at you know the World Cup, representing America as a mm-hmm. teenager. Um, so that, that platform we sell, we have the free version, but then we have kind of an upcharge that we sell to these recruiters that can access, uh, more tools and stuff within, within the platform. Okay. And where do you guys get these stats? Like, where do you, I guess that's like the main question is like, yeah. how do you know what Jason Tatum did 10 years ago? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, there was Instagram feed like, Oh, 20 points. So you're <laughs> <laughs> it, I honestly wish it was that easy. Um, that is, that is what we spent these first two years doing is really figuring yeah. out the data ingestion machine. Mm. Um, there's, I'd say three or four main ways that we are able to acquire data. Some of it is publicly available. Gotcha. The NBA, for example, obviously box score stats. That's one of my questions. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So some of it at the very highest level is publicly available. Mm -hmm. Um, but that also is the stuff we know is not like the most valuable for our consumers because Mm -hmm. it's publicly available. Anyone, anyone can have it. Um, that will kind of bring me back to a point I mentioned earlier of just like one of the value props that we do bring to the table is even for, you know, some of this publicly available data, stitching it into a central like career profile is something Mm -hmm. you can't really find, Mm -hmm. um, out there right now. There are some websites that extend from like college to pro or, or do a little bit of the youth, but we're obviously trying to bring it entirely together. Um, but that youth data is definitely, definitely kind of the the sweet spot. It's what we Mm -hmm. will call our moat and what we really honed in on perfecting for for these two years because that's really what's going to unlock the mission is being able to show that we have data on these high school players that you really can't find anywhere okay so like but for example i scored like two points my senior season and then i quit because i hated it um i mean i loved it but i got benched whatever who cares yeah (laughs) um but like could you find my data like you're like that guy made a free throw actually i scored one point okay okay one point (laughs) can you find that point (laughs) um so at the high school level some of these box scores are a little bit um they're, they're out there. Uh, mm-hmm. LeBron's honestly one of the best examples of like his box scores from his uh, Cleveland high school championships. Mm-hmm. They're sitting out there on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we just had to do a little bit of digging to find them. So, you're, so each, each individual player, you are f- like physically searching for these uh, scores and then adding them to the profile? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, I wouldn't say it's as uh, menial as that, but mm-hmm. that is kind of the, the rough process. So obviously, um, basketball... Even right now, there are you know rankings and recruiting as you come into uh, mm. college and, and the NBA. Like there are the top hundred players that ESPN ranks and things like that. Yeah. So there are resources out there to help us find who some of the um, top players are. Mm. Sorry. Uh, 
and what we've noticed and learned is just kind of the way this works is like if I go to an event where you know these five top players are going to be mm. there's also 500 other kids at this event mm. and while not all 500 are going to be top players some of them are going to be going to this D2 college over here and that D2 coach is a subscriber who's looking for some of those it's like data players. that would probably matter exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. By, by focusing in on some of the top players so we will use kind of the consensus rankings right now of the top 100 top 150 for mm. you know the class of 2023 2024 2025 um, to help us look at certain areas, mm-hmm. but then because these events bring so many other players to them, we're able to kind of trickle down and collect a lot more data. So you guys kind of have two focuses then, because you're like, you got to get all the data for like the Steph Curry's LeBron's. Like, so you have that past yeah. data because people are gonna like, if I'm testing your website, I'm, I'm searching LeBron right away. Sure. And if that's not there, I'm like, this is stupid. Sure. Um, but then you also have to actively keep updating every new class that enters high school pretty much. Yeah. So like, do you have a team that's like, or I, mean, I know we're both, we're, we're startups. Yeah. Like, do you, do you, is someone on your team looking at like um, people that are in high school right now and those stats and then another person does the currently active NBA players? Or like, how do you divide, I guess, the rules on your team for stats? Yeah, yeah. So um, we do have two or three people on our team who are very focused in on the industry itself of basketball. And they've mm. just occupied various roles in the space, whether it's working for NBA teams in the past, whether it's doing their own scouting projects and things like that. Mm-hmm. And through that, they have kind of built these processes where they know how to look. They know how to look and they know where to look. Yeah. Um, and it very much is a word of mouth thing. I, I like to think of Twitter as LinkedIn for sports professionals, just because mm-hmm. a lot of these athletes, a lot of these event organizers, a lot, a lot of people create their profiles on on Twitter, and that's where they start to market their stuff. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens now moving forward. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, but by kind of ingratiating um, two of my teammates by ingratiating themselves in this kind of Twitter space, this Twitter basketball space specifically there's a mm-hmm. lot of kind of word of mouth that pops around over there mm-hmm. and we're able to pick up pretty quickly um where we should be looking if we're not already currently looking there gotcha and okay. then aside from that there is a kind of uh a pyramid is like what we like to call it that has been built for this space so mm-hmm. for example there's the top of aau the elite mm-hmm. of the elite youth players who are playing at a circuit called Nike UIBL. It's the, it's the top youth circuit and it's considered one of the top youth circuits in the country. Okay. Um, and then there are two other shoe circuits as well. You know, three step and Adidas has their own shoe circuit. Under Armour has their own shoe circuit. It's so, like, are these like kind of like the modern day and one tours. Yeah. 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 These are, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very similar. So like these, and they're the shoe brands who kind of create these circuits because mm-hmm. they bring the top of the top teams to these circuits. And we're not talking about like five teams. We're talking about like, you know, a hundred teams that are coming to these events. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of players already kind of in this pyramid. Yeah. So we know already to look at, you know, these kind of main shoe circuits and then it's kind of trickling down aside from that. You have to figure out, well, if I'm playing on a shoe circuit, you know, for five stops in the summer, I'm also playing at a high school, you know, during the, the high school season. There, mm-hmm. there, there are a lot of different seasons that are going on and it's mm-hmm. just kind of inter interpolating yeah um all these different stops into a single record so then okay so uh so this guy's name is jonathan blankston okay yeah um and he's like uh he's, he's a sophomore in high school he's doing one of these tours that you're talking about sure are you saying like cool this was like you know he did this nike stop so then you go to the box score you copy that you put that in your database and then you're like, yeah, well, he plays for Archbishop. So then you go to Archbishop, you copy that, put in your database, and then you yeah. just keep updating that each year that he goes? Or like, is that kind of the process? Or how does that it work? It kind of is, but it's a, it's a little bit more structured just because by this point, there are like certain events that people are going to, mm-hmm. even at the high school level. So for example, there's like the John Wall Holiday Classic Tournament that oh, happens cool. every winter in North Carolina. Um, yeah, yeah, John. All day, all day, dude. <laughs> um, 
And so, for example, they will always bring, you know, some top high schools from the area. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's, I think, a little bit more event-based just in terms of uh, there's this whole big space out there of, like, basketball youth events that, again, even, like, three years ago, I had no idea all mm-hmm. of this existed. I actually started my career in sports and basketball trying to work f- for a team in the league specifically. Gotcha. Uh, before I kind of fell into this, you know, youth sports journey. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, this infrastructure that's been built, it's, it's been really like eye-opening to see just how how much is there. Uh, but then also, as I alluded to earlier, mm-hmm. like the infrastructure is there, but no one's really collecting the data properly. Gotcha. Like historically, you know, these teams would go, they'd actually have stats on the event, and the box score would literally end up in the trash can at the mm-hmm. end of the day. And yeah. like, that's like, you know, val- very valuable data. And even though we're just talking about the basic, you know, points, rebounds, assists, made mm-hmm. shots, it's like, this is still something, and, and it's much more valuable than having nothing on these performances. And why does like um, I mean maybe it's more relevant for the players currently, but like why does a why does a coach today care what LeBron did in, in high school? Is that more just like a check to just be like okay cool they have that data just good to know or like yeah it's a little bit twofold. One is definitely creating that check, but two it's kind of this concept of uh, LeBron played in this competition in high school back mm-hmm. then, and this is how he performed. And now if we're tracking the same competition here in 2022, and we can see someone with at least you know similar performance scores and things like that, mm, gotcha. you're able to start to extrapolate a little bit more based on some of this historical data we have. Gotcha. So it's not necessarily like. We're not going to sign LeBron to the Lakers again because in high school he didn't. It's more no, like... yeah. And to be frank, at the NBA level, like they have a lot more advanced data, a lot more advanced mm-hmm. tools. Um, I would not anticipate. Not would not. I do. I know for a fact they're not using. <laughs> yeah. They're not using our stuff to create. Um, you know, LeBron's next contract extension. Gotcha. Okay. I think at the NBA level, where we bring a lot of value is a lot of this high school data and these data priors on these on these guys who these teams are investing literally millions of dollars in when they make mm. a draft pick every year that's like a you know 20 30 million dollar commitment that they make just mm-hmm. on the on the basis of the contract and i mean this is the reason we actually got in touch with mark is because we hit him up after the draft saying like mark we know you didn't have this data on the guy you just drafted oh yeah. <laughs> well we haven't even mentioned yet who, who okay so let, let, let's say everyone can assume who mark is if you follow nba but like let's cover the investment then we'll cover how you like sure. yeah or sorry we'll cover like Tell me how, tell how you want to tell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I obviously kind of told the half of the story just now, but yeah. after the draft this past year, we actually uh, got in touch with, with Mark Cuban, the mm-hmm. governor of the Dallas Mavericks, yeah. and in addition to being you know pretty avid sports entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the main message we had is, is what I just said. Like, you guys are making decisions every year, not just y'all, every team in the league, without some of this like very valuable high school data. Mm-hmm. And... We know that it's just the box score stats, but any prior data you can achieve on these players, you can feed into your models. It just reduces some like likelihood of, mm-hmm. of errors or just anything like that. Wait, so so why does why does a so I guess kind of similar question to before, like why do they care? Is it because it's like you're like okay, well in high school he was dominating, in college he was pretty good, but like as you can see, he's been clearly declining. Sure, Is sure. that kind of an example? I guess that is part of it. I think the other thing that um, gets it's not really, people don't really realize it. It's just how important the developmental time in high school is for a, a player's mm. like sports career. Gotcha. Um, I think those four years are some of the most, not those four going from um, freshman to uh, senior year, I'd say going from around end of sophomore year to your first year of college, mm. are probably some of the most important times in an, a prospect's developmental yeah. life cycle. And just having data from that point, whether it's this is something that this guy's always done. So Cade Cunningham, for example, we have mm-hmm. a lot of his high school data. And one of the things we could see with his 2018 season in high school versus 2019 season in high school is just how much his three-point shot improved. Gotcha. And just seeing that trend throughout time, whereas his uh, one of the other metrics we track is kind of like playmaking and your floor general skills. Mm-hmm. That was something he had been solid off from the bat. 
Mm. And it's just kind of these different perspectives of, okay, so we saw someone who performed very, very well consistently overall and in this specific skill, but then we also see how he's improved kind of throughout. Good answer, dude. Yeah, I didn't know. I was trying to think of like a good answer. I was like, obviously you have an answer, but like, I was, I don't know. So you go to Mark and you're like, okay, so we'd love for you to, you know, like, do you pitch that he should invest? Like, well, you know, he's an investor. Yeah. Like, I think even when you talk to Mark in the back of his head, he's like, these guys want me to invest. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, we definitely, um, we actually called him on Mark is how we got this initially off the ground. He replies to all his emails. It's insane. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I, I weirdly know like seven Mark Cuban investments. We had one in here last week. So okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know how he does it, but he does. So. I've had this conversation with a few. Once people have asked me, like, how did this happen? We're like, we cold emailed him. Yeah. Like, nah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all, that's all we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is extraordinarily impressive how he manages that inbox. Like, mm-hmm. No no clue at all, obviously. Literally have no, I, I'm sure he has someone full-time yeah. like – being like, that's clearly bullshit, and then you know, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's where I'll say probably like, like in a few of the email exchanges, like Mark obviously wants to get right to the point, of like course. cut out yeah, the yeah. fat. And I think one of the things that was a boon for us is in our initial email to him, it was extraordinarily long, but mm-hmm. in the subject line we said uh, something along the lines of like, you uh, high school data for US youth basketball players. Nice. Um, and I think that's re- really kind of caught the eye off the, off the bat. Good and, subject, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, oh man, okay. Um, just got to hit him with the important points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, after exchanging a few times with him, uh, we kind of draft happened, and then uh, things had gone quiet. But after the draft, we kind of took what we'll call our final shot there, saying mm-hmm. like, "Look, like we know we have something here. Mm-hmm. Check this out." Uh, like you think he shouldn't have drafted that person? Is that what no, you're no, okay. no, no, uh, <laughs> okay. no, no, no qualms. You know, like moneyballing him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was no nothing wrong. It was yeah. Jaden Hardy is the guy he picked up. Yeah, no, yeah. Nothing at all wrong with him. We were just saying like Mark, like you guys, there was data out there on Jaden Hardy, like right here that like it just would have been good to have, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's always good. Every I think what was it in 2018? They said data past oil is the most valuable commodity in the world. Nice. And nice. it was like the most eye-opening thing in basketball right now has been like just how little data is used at times, mm-hmm. at times in some of these decision-making processes. I yeah. think that sports tech has come an extraordinarily long way at servicing some of these really advanced and kind of technical things at the top of the funnel, which mm-hmm. is what I'll call like, you know, NBA performances where you're seeing a lot of these like tracking cameras and, you know, things that can help you work on your shot. Yeah, like the little, I'm going to move this again, yeah. the little like hoops that will like rotate, like pass to you. Exactly, like yeah, 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 like yeah. the whoop bands that can tell you all your biometrics. So like yeah, there's yeah. been a ton of investment in the sports industry, especially in basketball at what we'll call like the top, not even 1%, the top 0.1% of the space, which is yeah. your NBA team, 30 NBA teams and 500 players. Mm-hmm. And like the, you know, top 30 colleges and division one, like mm-hmm. the blue bloods. And the then Dukes, like Archbishop. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's all this investment happening up there at that top level. But what we realize is kind of the, again, the macro picture of like, let's just find low hanging data that exists at every level of basketball that mm-hmm. we can then just center these career profiles around. And that's what kind of turned into this box score. Very cool. And then at what point does he put his, like put his money behind it? Like, is he kind of just like, all right, like, and did he lead or was he like, I'll put in like 100K? Like what, what was what was his like, when did he when did he invest at what point? And then like, what was his like investment? Like, um, I don't want you know, to put the dollar amount behind it, sure. but like, what was his like, where do you want to be as part of the portfolio? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's really funny because in terms of Mark himself, our exchanges have actually all been with email, on email. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Never actually spoken to Mark before. What? Yeah. I love that. I uh, hate and love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is, again, like a lot of people I tell this story to are surprised, but I was like, there's a few articles out there where Mark has like talked about like how he strongly prefers email as a very efficient use of communication. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that being said, we've obviously spoken in depth with his due diligence team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was roughly a six-week or seven-week process where okay. they're obviously just uh, poking around. Kind of the, the, the big picture here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will say, I think something that was unique for us in our process is just, I do feel it was a little bit of a earlier stage investment, just mm-hmm. in terms of where we are in our life cycle. So a lot of the conversation and, and just the thought process around here was based on uh, where we're heading. Yeah, gotcha, okay. Um, so the investment got locked in around end of August, early September. Cool. Um, congrats dude appreciate big, that big, yeah. big moves man yeah big no moves. most definitely and then um, yeah we'll see he, he's definitely interested in, in joining us on the seed round as well so, very cool so, um, wait so did he give you like um, steps that you need to kind of hit for before him to invest again or, or what no no I think what I, uh, we really have appreciated about Mark is he's like letting us do our thing and cool. he's been really happy to give us input and advice when needed uh, cool. but in terms of like here's how you need to do it uh, no that's that we're very much running on our timeline right now and very cool and I'm sure as we do approach him saying hey we're ready for you know raising our seed round which mm-hmm. we are anticipating doing in Q1 hey um, yeah hopefully um, yeah, if obviously at that time there are things he wants to see, we'll, we'll dive into those discussions a little bit more. But I mm-hmm. think just based on where we're at right now, uh, kind of the thesis that we put together for the seed round, if we kind of knock down these dominoes, we'd be pretty surprised. Dude. Very cool. Yeah. Wait, so did he have any specific things that he said why he's investing? Or was he kind of like, I love it, let's fucking do it, you know? like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't say there is anything specific. Um, he was super to the point pretty consistently just in terms of like, you know, when we first came at him uh, with a certain valuation point, he said, like, it's just not what I'm going to do in this current market condition. So, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. okay, like, well, we'll just talk, like, let's like, move on past What that. do you want? Let's keep yeah, talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Because obviously with Mark, just um, both his brand as an entrepreneur, mm. then as a sports tech entrepreneur, yeah. and then as literally the owner of an NBA team, mm-hmm. um, he was, he very much was kind of the quintessential strategic investor for us. Oh, dude, he's like, I can't think of a better person. Yeah. Like, from, yeah, like you said, like, from a public standpoint, from an NBA standpoint, from a sports, like it's just like, that's, just every, literally that's like everything. your top of funnel, like yeah. the first guy you want to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we were we were very happy to, to take whatever counter he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually said like, give me your best offer and if I can't, like making an offer I can't refuse and I won't. Nice. Um, and then kind of once we did that, he said, I'm in, I'll pass you on to the due diligence team. And then again, like I think a lot of the questions that people are maybe expecting Mark to have asked us, mm-hmm. um, our, our due, his due diligence team did a very thorough job in cool. you know, checking off all those boxes. And what's cool about that kind of process is that like you, like obviously no one likes doing due diligence, but like yeah. you probably get together and take care of a lot of things that you'll probably need for your seed round. Yeah, that, like you're like, oh, I didn't even think we needed that. You're just like, no, you're, for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. the other thing that was actually, yeah. I just remember that was really funny about this whole process is we actually had applied to Mark Cuban companies in February, mm, gotcha. just through their normal application route of, mm. um, I don't know exactly how it works, but they have some, you know, investment analysts where you can send your pitch deck to. Gotcha. Um, and, and that guy stopped us. He said, Mark wouldn't be interested in this. Back Ooh, in February. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Yo, so fuck it was, that guy. It was really <laughs> interesting because yeah. I, uh, yeah, we, it, it was just a very interesting approach because we tried taking the very traditional, like, let's go up the food chain, let's talk to the investment analyst mm-hmm. and pass it on to the next guy who will then pass it on to Mark. Mm-hmm. And then that never happened. And then for whatever reason, we decided to hit Mark up himself and then having it go the other way, <laughs> yeah. other way around, it didn't hurt. 
Very cool, man. That's, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it is funny. Like they, every VC has these like application forms, and I've had yeah. zero luck on any. <laughs> it's just like, dude, it's you, you got to email those people. You, it's not gonna work when you just fill out. And I, I still fill out the form, of course. But yeah, it's like, you have to. Nothing happens out of that. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, so, what is kind of like your guys' sweet spot? Obviously, obviously, it's high school. But like, how much of youth sports are you doing? And then when they get to college, do you kind of like step back a little bit because that data is public, pretty much? Yeah, so it's very important for us to just capture it still, just again, to create these career profiles because mm. half of the value is like, oh, this guy who does this in in this high school competition, he went on to be a D2 player who then played in Spain for mm. the rest of his career. Yeah, of course, you're collecting it still yeah. in college, but you don't have to like do a lot. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, and just yeah, in terms, yeah, yeah. yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. And that's largely because it's publicly, uh, exactly. it, yeah, and it's yeah. cleaner. So I think that's one of the biggest things with like the youth data. It's like, the like, some of these stats exist out there, but teams mm-hmm. are not willing to trust them because sometimes they're like self-reported from like a dad posting. Like, yeah, you know, my son. twelve touchdowns. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, stuff like that, or if it's like, um, yeah, just not legitimate sources. So like at the yeah. youth levels where we do spend an insane amount of time needing mm-hmm. to just make sure the data is quality, it's clean, uh, mm-hmm. do all of our checks and processes on it. Very this cool. is where uh, our, our, our data lead, uh, he spent 20 years with the Houston Rockets, like Very cool. working under Daryl Morey pretty specifically. Mm. And one of his jobs was actually like taking a lot of the data from Daryl Morey's staff and helping the, the, front, uh, the coaching staff like actually execute and be actionable on that. And in a way, that's kind of what we're wanting to do with Cerebro also. It's like, here's mm-hmm. the data, but we're also trying to obviously give you insights that you can, you know, get really actionable about, which are our, our performance scores, our, our basic metrics that we've created. Okay. Um, cool. And just kind of go, tying, tying a bow on this, uh, John, our, our data lead, who, um, he, it was really fortunate that he got to spend all that time with, with Maury in, in the mm-hmm. Houston Rockets front office, because I think a lot of those skills have like translated to well, I'm sure, dude. Yeah. what yeah. we wanted to do here. Very cool. And what um are, are the athletes themselves ever submitting the data, or is it always you guys going and getting it? Like, can I be like, yo, I scored that point, two thousand eleven. Like, <laughs> put it on your stats. Yeah, no. Hey, can you make me a profile? Can I make my own profile? Yeah. <laughs> you can make your own profile. I got a rebound too. I almost had an assist. But I don't oof. think we'll accept your self-reported one point though. Um, so no, yeah, self-reported stats is not something we're gonna accept pretty much at any point, and it's gotcha. because again, like the whole whole reason that we have created a valuable. Um, Thing, thing for both the NBA teams and the NCAA teams is because they know the data is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. They could feed it into, for the NBA especially, who has like analytics app, they could feed it into whatever, you know, linear regression models they're running. Mm-hmm. Um, and they know that these stats are actually what are there. Dude, so, sorry, I'm just thinking. You got to partner with Varsity Sports. Dude, <laughs> dude, dude, you could put yeah. Certified by Cerebro on, because they, cre- they create the profiles. Literally a conversation that happened three days ago, in the, like talking about certified certified events and things like that. Because well, I'm, I'm combining what yeah. you're talking about with, so Neil with Neil, Neil with Labdoor is what we had in here, the Mark Cuban investment too. Sure. And on all the pre-workouts, like that's where I got my pre-workout is Labdoor. All the pre-workouts, they, they say Certified by Labdoor. And I'm just—it's it so helps. cool. Yeah. It's so cool. I'm like, dude, I'm thinking about you guys can work with all these sports platforms and be like, this is a certified Cerebro Sports uh, little CCS like, yes. certification. Okay, right? yeah. So really funny. Oh, Literally, dude. like this past week, that conversation has like taken a lot more steam because we're about mm-hmm. to head into the event season right now. Yeah, yeah. Basketball is about to start. Just started for college this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is kind of one of the big things because then it's not only like certified events, but like we have certain. One of, the, one of the big ways to, to kind of capture this data is actually you take a uh, video of, of the mm-hmm. game and then you send it to a kind of a third-party company who has statisticians overseas and they actually are just like standing together. Oh, dang. Computer. Okay, cool. Um, and even that one. Do they pay for that or how does that? Uh, they being... Well, so, 
Uh, does another company do send the video in, or you guys take the video, or what were you saying? Sorry. Uh, yeah, there, we've actually had all of the situations happen. Gotcha. So there's okay. been times where an event operator takes care of the video themselves, sends it to the stat provider themselves because they want the stats for whatever reason they want. Mm -hmm. gotcha. Sometimes, if we're really wanting to get data on this event, some events right now only provide video, and we'll strike an agreement saying, "Hey, can we can we use your video to capture some stats?" And gotcha. Okay. We'll, we'll foot the bill then at that point. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we've had a few different iterations of this. We also have we're working towards you know partner with some of these video breakdown providers because mm -hmm. then we have this kind of same opportunity of saying like hey uh you know austin event that's about to happen this is our certified video breakdown partner mm -hmm. you guys should use them kind of create this kind of symbiotic environment that, very cool i like that yeah do you guys track more than just like the typical like points and rebounds so we just track the college box score so that's gonna yeah. be minutes minutes isn't crucial uh minutes points rebounds assists blocks steals mm -hmm. and shots made so free throws threes and field goals gotcha okay so it's like nine or ten basic statistics mm -hmm. that you'll find on it's i think called a college level box score gotcha okay but then you guys have your own little i was trying to get to that i don't know how to sure. i don't know how to word it though but you yeah, guys have yeah. your own thing that we you have like, what we'll yeah, call yeah. proprietary metrics yeah, yeah um that do help that, that use these basic box score stats and help mm -hmm. help our users analyze these players, essentially. Mm -hmm. So we have overall scores um, that just kind of do the whole encompassing performance, like this is how good this player was mm -hmm. just overall. And then we also have like skill-specific scores. So for example, how good is he as a scorer? How good is he as a shooter? How good is he as a playmaker? How do you, how do you like, let's take scoring, for example. Is it like, how good is he as a scorer? And you're just like, he shoots... 20% like he's yeah yeah so it's, yeah. It, yeah so I will say that's where like we are using what we'll call simple ingredients because gotcha. we're just using the basic box scores and you, if you start to look at some of these like advanced metrics that have popped up at the NBA level especially mm -hmm. most of them are using a lot more sophisticated data that we just wouldn't have access to at yeah. the level mm -hmm. things like um, on off like how many points were scored by the team when mm -hmm. you were on the floor gotcha okay yeah um, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that is super readily available even mm -hmm. at Division One, I, I think at this point mm -hmm. and at the NBA so a lot of those metrics like uh, I don't even know what they're called anymore, but like Darko and like Raptor and like, I know there's a lot of these metrics yeah, yeah. that have come out there and I think for the most part, they're using a lot of, um, a lot more intricate data, which is a blessing and a curse for us because mm -hmm. on one hand, we do have the only metrics that scale all the way down to the youth level. Mm -hmm. Like one of our things is like we can rate an NBA game the same way we rated a high school game in Bangladesh. Mm -hmm, cool. Um, but at the same time, we're also using a like simpler set of ingredients mm -hmm. uh, a three-point shot and a three-point make it tells a good chunk of the story but it obviously can't tell stuff like you know was he moving off the screen before he was shot the hand shot in his was face. there a hand in the yeah, face yeah, yeah. exactly so yeah. we acknowledge that though we're not trying to sell that these are like the most insane advanced metrics in the world but mm -hmm. what we're trying to do is color in these broad strokes cool uh, what we like to say is some of these other uh, metrics and kind of analysis services like to go deep what we're trying to do is go wide Okay, if cool. you can start your search here, we'll like get you to the right point where now you do need to go deeper, maybe do a scouting report, maybe go do some intense analysis. Very cool. Okay, yeah. I like that. So what is the biggest benefit, like if you had to say one thing as an MBA scout or even a college scout, what's the number one benefit you guys have? Yeah, number one, it would be uh, easy to access cool. high school data. Very cool. Okay, yeah, cool. Pretty simply. Um, and I guess kind of obvious question, but like, why basketball? Like, are you like, to, well, of course we're expanding, but like yeah. why basketball star? Are you just a huge basketball nut? Like you just, yeah, like, yeah, I think, I think that's really just, um, as with any startup, like you get a little bit lucky in terms of meeting the right people at the right time. Mm -hmm. And the, the, we're now at eight people, but the, you know, five to six that we originally started with, uh, 
had experience in the basketball space specifically. We were mm. all trying to work in basketball to an extent. Cool. So it just became a very natural uh, place to start. And I think the other thing that uh, it's, again, just really eye-opening that I got to see this these past three years, but like the industry itself, there are there, there's a game to play and you have to know kind of how to play it because mm. there's, you know, uh, power brokers, there's just ways that things are done. Yeah. And each sport is very, very different. So mm-hmm. while we do strongly believe that the model we're running here in basketball, just in terms of creating these recruiting resources and scouting resources for everyone in the game, mm-hmm. it's going to be able to apply to other sports, but there are certain uh, knowledge, there, there's a certain knowledge base you need and there are certain experts and we were just, we, we found the basketball experts off the bat essentially. Very cool, man. Well, I'm excited to see the expansion of other sports, man. It's going to be yeah. cool. Like just being like, again, like with Labdoor, like they, they do protein pre-workout everything so they are like the yeah. certified for across the board and you guys can be the certified statistics for all sports that's what we're trying That'd to do so cool. especially at the youth level that's yeah. like again like if you're on a recruiting journey we we the goal is for us to be we'll say start your search start your search with cerebro come in oh, here dude, type I, like in that. I like yeah. that dude start your, um, that's good because yeah one of the things is like even for a lot of these other analytics providers and stuff, we're trying to tell them we're not your competitor. We're mm-hmm. trying to actually help feed business to you guys. We're just trying to be this you know, initial layer on top that mm-hmm. can help these end users find who they're looking for a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. But we don't answer the full question for you. People are still gonna need to go after these other resources. Okay, very cool. Um, where do you see Cerebro being in the next, like th- this day, next year, this time? 23 right <laughs> the years are just yeah by uh oh wow that's i've honestly thought a little bit more about the three year than the one year which is both fair. let's do three years good and bad so yeah, i yeah. think this time three years from now is when we're like really starting to break into a new sport i do okay. think it's going to take a little bit of time i'm not anticipating happening through 23 and it anything it'd be summer 2024 yeah um i think this time next year we will have just finished we will have just we will have finished a basketball season. We will have just been about to start the next basketball season. Mm-hmm. And I think this upcoming season is very critical for us because it is a bit of our coming out party just in terms of really, really showing who we are both at the consumer level and going out to some of these like mm-hmm. athlete events. Cool. Um, but also obviously with some of the stuff that's happened this summer, we have a little bit of traction and momentum that we do need to, you know, capitalize on over mm-hmm. these next six months. So are you going to show up with like a, to like these tournaments in like Vegas with like a Cerebro polo and like have like a clipboard like right Oh yeah. So <laughs> honestly, I, that was a little bit more of the first few years for me, Yeah. which yeah. was really cool. Uh, yeah. I've actually started to move a little bit away from that, but, um, it was incredibly important that I, I actually got to do some of the scouting work itself and mm-hmm. like literally going but to you got to be there. like, you're doing like user testing basically. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was just, again, like there, the, it's a weird thing to say, but there's like a game to play here in, mm-hmm. in this space. And like, you do need to understand just like how some of this shit shakes. You gotta shake some hands. And yeah, that's actually the most important thing. It's like, yeah. it's a very close knit sports and a lot of spaces are, but mm-hmm. and like sports is a very close knit space and people need to know who you are to yeah, believe yeah. what you're selling. Them. Exactly. Exactly. Man. Um, one of our guys fondly, fondly likes to say like, we're creating basketball tools for real basketball people. Mm-hmm. And the only way for that to actually that message actually gets delivered is by being there it's by showing it it's by by showing that you are doing the same things that Mm -hmm. these scouts and you know people on the road are having to do on a day-to-day basis so it was extraordinarily cool and uh honestly like blessed that i got the opportunity to go see some of the things i got to see i got to see uh, like ronnie play two years ago very cool um and then, yeah, I, as we're moving forward, I think for me personally, it's, it's taking a little bit of a step back from some of the true basketball stuff as we're just needing to expand, I think, the overall mission. But that's why mm-hmm. we, you know, have fortunately hired some really, really cool people now who are 
taking a lead on on keeping us active in that like scouting and basketball capacity. Yeah, absolutely, man. No, I love that, man. It, it, it takes, uh, unfortunately, you got to take a step back from the, yeah. you know, the, the day-to-day grind, man. But that's so cool. No, I'm, I'm thinking, too, we, we got to do a factual sports question. That is, like, which NBA player had the highest points yeah. per game in high school? And it, yeah. can say, it can say sponsored by Three Real Sports. Yeah. Oh, no, dude. 100%. That's, that's literally... There's, like, so many of them, too. That's exactly what I was thinking when I first saw factual sports. Yep. So sick, dude. Um, yeah, just man. like yeah as we talk a little bit more about like some of those like archetype scores there's like mm-hmm. different kind of combinations you could create and then it's like mm-hmm. i don't know how it worked but it's like a guess the player game that we always thought about where it's oh, like, yeah, if yeah. you see uh i've seen those yeah it'll yeah, be yeah. pretty obvious because if you see like steph curry's for example like spread of his archetype scores compared mm-hmm. to lebron's like obviously steph will go really high on the three-point shooting he'll mm-hmm. go really high on you know the scoring and it was really cool to see just how like act like you could actually maybe guess the player just based on you know <laughs> these four random numbers that are created yeah, out there. Yeah, dude, so cool, man. Yeah. Um, I guess kind of like last thing, like, do you have anything you want to leave the audience? Like, anything like where, where should they, where should they go? It's freebrosports.com Where are they going? Yeah, so definitely check us out on Twitter. Twitter at Cere- or, yeah, Sports on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well. Again, we'll see what happens with Twitter. Uh, maybe Sp- not Twitter. Yeah, maybe, maybe not Twitter. That was maybe not the best place to plug. Um, CerebraSports.com, y'all can go to. Uh, the website, I think, is under development right now, but it should be active pretty soon. This will soon. be live in like two months, so like, okay. hopefully Fair. by that point it will be. It should be. And yeah. then um, app.cerebrasports.com. I'm creating a better way to get us there, but that is where you can actually access the platform. And again, like the accounts are free. You can sign up for a free account right now. You can search mm-hmm. for any player you want. You can search for an upcoming draft pick. You can search... Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you can see all the data we have. And uh, if y'all do sign up, I'd love to hear about it. Good stuff. I need a haircut so bad. Dude. I'm yeah. looking at this over here. It's like popping out. Um, dude, that's so cool, man. I'm excited. I mean, I've already messed around with it. Yeah. I typed in LeBron James. It popped up. It works, guys. It works. Right. <laughs> type in Corey McCain. You're not going to see anything. I'm no sorry. One point. No, one, uh, no one for two free throws. <laughs> no for one for two. I missed my second one, guys. Yeah. Um, Ron, this is so awesome to have you, man. No, I appreciate uh, being and here. And we'll, we'll have this same interview in like two years, and you guys are going to be crushing it. Yeah, good, that'd be great. Good stuff, man. No, this was awesome. Boom, man. That's why we strive. Yes, sir. I wanted to thank you for watching this entire episode of Why We Strive. Be sure you head to whywestrive.com and subscribe so every Tuesday you can see incredible interviews with some of the best tech founders, investors, and creatives in the industry. Have an amazing day and don't forget to keep striving.